2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Cocoa Express Show for Saturday, October 4th, 2014. Um, Today's show is really, really special because here at the Cocoa Express Show Network, we try to give you opportunities to learn how to be the best you you can possibly be. We give you examples, we give you people, we give you situations. Well, what I'm doing today is something really unique. I've had the pleasure and the honor of having someone who wrote a book on something that's really important that we should all really take note to. And I've also decided to bring in someone else. So let's let the mystery unfold. Joining us today is a Dr. Leslie Debra. She is an author of Breaking Codependency, How to Navigate the Traps to Sabotage Your Life. Joining us is going to be Mr. Steve Duncanson. And he is the host of paradigm Shifters, principles for life and success as well as the president of true destiny communications leadership company now what's really interesting is steve duncanson is a retired police officer and a motivational teacher dr leslie dubrow is a judge who went to jail who has found her path back to joy now I think it's important that we have these types of shows and this kind of dialogue because so often we find ourselves in situations where we're doing so well and we trip and we stumble. And when we trip and we stumble, the whole object of the exercise is to learn from your mistakes and get up and walk again. But a lot of times, oftentimes, a lot of us don't know how to get up and walk. And here we have situations, two excellent situations, where we can show you. How, if you trip and you fall, how to get up again, how not to make those mistakes again, how to be the best you possible. And please allow me to invite our guests on so we can begin the dialogue.
3: Thank you so much, Aurelia. Thank you, you Aurelia. Love- Great to be here.
2: Hi, Aurelia. This is Dr. Leslie.
1: Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show.
2: Oh, it is, for me, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Now, I would like for you to begin by telling us your story.
1: Certainly. So, uh, 2004, well, actually, before 2004, Um, and so I want to start by saying I wasn't a judge when any of this happened. I, I just at a point in my life I was a judge. Uh, first African-American female judge in the county that I live in, which is Middlesex County, for a municipal court. But um, I gave up that seat to take a position in uh, Trenton, uh, working for a governor, uh, one of his cabinet members, as a chief of staff. And during that time, um, I found myself in a situation where I made some poor choices, and I'm very open about it in my book, Breaking Codependency, Um, And it involved uh, trying to help family members by giving them contracts. Now, from what I came to understand, that what I did was not illegal in terms of offering contracts to family members. It was how I handled offering the contracts. That was the issue. And so after that happened, um, it was very politically motivated, some of it, and some of what they said wasn't true, but um, that's what happens. That's the nature of the beast when you are in a political climate, which I found out the hard way um, because I really had no political uh, acumen. I wasn't a political person. I was a, a, an attorney, and I was in private practice, and uh, I, was, I went to church, and so I didn't uh, – really know the whole political climate and landscape and when I got into uh, this new position I really was in all honesty over my head in terms of some situations I thought I could do what everybody else was doing and found out like I said the hard way that I couldn't I I tried to defend myself on some of the issues that were lodged against me but until I went to trial and uh we had a, a um a trial, a jury trial, and say so after about six weeks uh they came back only on two counts. there were sixteen counts, but they came back on two counts um and uh unfortunately, one of the counts, which was official misconduct, there was a mandatory jail sentence um the other count was a misdemeanor, but because of the uh, official misconduct, um I had to face uh incarceration. And so um, obviously that was a very tough time for me, for my family, for my friends. Uh, I had a lot of support, though, and uh, a lot of support, and I'm very grateful for that even to this day. Uh, And uh, then just uh, began my journey. And so my journey involved me trying to really uh, do a lot of uh, reflection, self-reflection. For me, it was uh, a situation where, I fell, uh, and and I fell hard, and I had to really think about what choices I had. Um, I said I had a choice. I came to the the decision that I had two choices. I could either live or I could die, and I decided to live. And because I decided to live, that meant that I needed to go further and and find out, you know, why I made some of the mistakes I made, what – with some of that in me that pushed me to feel like I had to be all things to all people, help my family, help my friends, and actually to my current. And so what I, I like to say and what I say uh, in my book uh, on page 17, I say failure is an interesting dilemma because we go through life never, if we go through life never having failed at anything, then the opportunity to learn, develop, grow, and help others is greatly diminished. And so we have two choices. We can either fail flat, living with the guilt, hurt, shame, and disappointment that it produces, causing you to feel that you can never get up, or you can fail forward, learning from the past but not holding on to it, instead choosing to take the lessons and use them to strengthen yourself. I chose to fail forward. And so I, I say that I open up uh, in the book like that. Because I did it. I had to make a choice. And so I wanted to find out, and as opposed to me just wallowing in a lot of shame, hurt, guilt, I wanted to, I figured that this was an opportunity for me to learn everything I could, one, about being a great leader, and two, about how I could use a Terrible situation And turn it into something that would help Other people Thus I uh, started journaling I started writing And uh, like I said that was back in 2004 I started writing And, and writing about my my life Writing about situations that I uh, Saw when I was incarcerated uh, uh, Writing about the women That I was around And uh, <laughs> I started sending my Journals out a friend to just type up for me and she kept Saying oh this should be a book You should make this a book and I really wasn't Thinking about it at the time But then when I returned home uh, I I Saw that it really When I reread some of my notes I said okay this really could help someone And uh, so it, it Breaking codependency How to navigate the traps that Sabotage your life is really A journey towards self-discovery Healing and healing for me and redemption, but also help for other people who might find themselves in a situation where they feel that they need to be everything to everyone. And that was that was what I found out was my issue. I, I didn't have to say no to people. It, it okay. was I got to help, and that's okay. what happened.
2: That's interesting because um, it's it's really fascinating to me that I find that a lot of people who garner a great deal of success in their career, they find themselves caught between the past and the present Mm -hmm. with their eyes on the future. And what, what I mean by that is the past, that's who you grew up with, how you grew up, your friends from the past, you know, how you want to try to stay connected with them while you still move on your path in your journey towards success. And the present, where you are right now, and, you know, I'm living in this and I'm dealing in this, and, I, you know, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Some of the things I'm dealing with can be stressful and so on and so forth. And then the future, you have your eye on the future because that's where you want to be. And I find that people get confused and tripped up between the past and the present. Do you find that something that happened to you?
1: you know, I think for me and I agree with you that I think what happens to some of us is that we have some unresolved issues that may lay dormant in our lives when we when we're younger from childhood and so I went all the way back one of the sections in my book is called the family tree and uh I I uh, went all the way back tried to look at my grandmother's relationships my grandfather my father my mother everybody's relationships to see you know was there something uh, that happened, something I witnessed uh, that just kind of put some of these characteristics in me, and I did discover that most of the women in my family were enablers. Uh, they were enablers, mm. and and so that was really like a shock to me. But I never thought about it until I took the time to look at it and look at my family tree. So in that chapter at the end, I have a tree, and I and I have workbook questions after each chapter, and I challenge people. To look at your look at your past, like you said. So for me, I, there were some things that were going on that I held on to, and which caused me to have certain characteristics. Like I was a control freak. I, was, I mean, I totally thought everybody came to Leslie. and I, you know everybody came to me. You know, that's not bad if people look at you like the person, the go to person. When it becomes bad is when. It, it is. It becomes a dysfunctional situation for you, and that—that's what happened to me. It was like whatever, whatever somebody needed, just come to me. I could fix it. And really, I never really looked at consequences that were attached. So yes, to answer your question, I think we have to uh, look back and and see what you know. You don't stay back, but you look back uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: at at, at uh, how you develop.
2: Okay, Steve. What is your what is your perception on her journey and how these things manifest?
3: Well, you know, first of all, I have to say, you know, that, that um, your story is extremely inspiring, Dr. Leslie. There's so much that that you have gone through, and then your your approach to it to get you where you are becomes no is is no surprise based on. On, on how you how you approached it and and I really just just have a lot of questions I want to ask you about what your what your journey has been. You just mentioned mm-hmm. some things about um being an enabler you know and um so just clarifying so for those that that are listening what an enabler is and how that differs from helping or or empowering uh, your your family and friends with you know because invariably as you expressed part of what caused you to uh, – allowed you to end up in that legal situation um, was the dynamic of trying to help, quote-unquote, them, and right. yet it caused you to go across the line. So how do we know the difference between enabling um, and, yeah. and enabling people? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so in the book, page 23, my introduction, I ask these questions. Do you suffer from codependency? And I say ask yourself, have you found yourself in an endless web of confusion and stress because of your need to come to the rescue of people that you love. Has helping the ones you love drained you or hurt you? Do you need help overcoming your desire to rescue people who continue on a course of self destructive behavior? And so, what I say is if you answer yes to any of these questions, you may be, doesn't mean you are, but mm. if you, you may be an enabler with a larger issue of codependency and the way. I define it, um, an enabler is a person who reinforces that negative behavior of another through a course or a continuous course of rescue conduct. And so enablers fuel self-destructive personalities in other people. Uh, A lot of times people are associated with people, you know, I I am who I am and my uh, sister is a drug addict and instead of me putting her in rehab, I take care of her, pay her rent, give her money, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. don't say no. I'm enabling mm-hmm. her. I'm not helping her. Mm-hmm. I'm not helping her stand on her own two feet. I'm enabling her. And, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, and so what happens with codependency, how that comes, and I use the words interchangeably, but codependency is a major element um, of enabling. And so so what happens, there, there was a woman who coined the for the phrase, her name is Melanie D. codependent no more, But codependency occurs really when a person lets another person's behavior affect him or her. So you see the difference is with an enabler, and like I said, it's a larger definition, codependency is I'm just doing this for you. Now, it has no effect on me. I'm just doing it for you. I'm I'm picking you up every time you fall. It doesn't have to be someone with drugs. It could be kids at Mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. Now, you know they need to be working. You know they need to be in college, <laughs> but you let them lay up in the bed. You <laughs> <Look them all, laughs> don't have to work. You feed them. <laughs> you clothe them. They grown now. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. They're
1: 19, 20, 21. Long should be gone, but they're home. And what do you do? You, you, you. Instead of you forcing them to to go out into the world and take some responsibility, you let them come home. You let them stay. You feed them. You clothe them. You do all those things that they should because they don't want to work. That's another mm-hmm. scenario right now when the codependency part comes in when it starts affecting you and you find yourself you're in a dis- the relationship becomes dysfunctional and it mm-hmm. starts affecting you that's what happened to me it 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 became dysfunctional my relationships with people and it started affecting me and mm-hmm. i put myself down as a result of my help for for instance um my sister who her and i she has no problem with me sharing uh, the story uh, Because she too Is uh, We say we are Rehabilitated Codependents <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And so We want to Help folks now Right mm-hmm. And so uh, I used to help her All the time Because she You know Just kind of uh, Had some behaviors That were not What they should have been uh, During that period And I was right there Paying the rent Taking care of the babies Letting them live with me mm-hmm. Finding a job Doing all of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Wow
1: And Yeah so that's what that's what that's the distinction. I hope that um, people. Understand. Yeah, that,
3: that that made it very clear. Certainly, at the point at which uh, number one, that your actions aren't are causing that they're not causing that person to be different. They're becoming more of who they are. That dysfunctional behavior you reinforce that, and it hurts you as well. You know that you're an enabler, and in fact, it's codependent. And and um, so that's like uh, two people who can't swim trying to save each other. Right? It's not really going to happen. And that, and
0: that That's right. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah,
3: great. Yeah. Well, the other thing that that came to to mind as you were speaking from the very outset, Had to do with the issue of choices and just how important that is. And though you know the we know you know how the how the mind works essentially that when there's too much information, we shut down, we become confused, we become paralyzed, and sometimes we complicate things. But you expressed something that I believe is absolutely true that when it's all said and done, we've got only two choices: live or mm-hmm. die. Right? And, and and you chose to to live, and I believe that's significant that 's important. Mm-hmm. You, having made a decision to to do something to get what you want and not simply allow yourself to be a victim of what what has happened and 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 also taking the responsibility for it so um there's there so many points that you 've expressed through your journey that um i i believe are extremely important lessons for us to uh, to to learn and, and based in um principles of life across the board you know mm-hmm. and um so a, a lot of tremendous value there you mentioned about um the failure aspects uh, and you know, I think, uh, failing flat or failing forward. One of my mentors, uh, John Maxwell, he wrote that a uh, book called you know, "Failing Forward," and
1: yeah, he did. That's the right,
3: fact, right <laughs> that we the only way to learn is the only way that we've learned anything is through the pathway of failure first. And if mm-hmm. we don't, if we're not willing to, to to recognize and learn from that, then there's no way we can be able to move forward. And so, uh, very much so that um, you know, what, what you've expressed. Supports that 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 idea. So, what would you say then, um, having learned those those lessons? How has that clarified your purpose for the future? Because you know, since that time, there's. I, I think if I'm not mistaken, in looking at your bio, you've got four degrees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bastard,
0: I'm a bit of an
3: overachiever. <laughs>
1: I am a bit of an over Really? Over. Yeah, that might be a problem too. <laughs>
3: that's, another, that's another. book, right? But <laughs> that's a whole
1: other book. <laughs> okay.
3: yeah, but certainly, so, since <laughs> since then, there's more. So uh, we're listening. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So for me, right? I once I and let me just say this because I want to, you know, full disclosure. There, there and it's in the book. I there was a time I was like ready to leave here. You know, I mean, mm. you're you're you were in law enforcement, so you understand when mm. something happens. It, it, just like if you were a police officer and something happened, it'd be all over the paper. Well, right. my face was on the front page of the state paper, the largest paper in the state. I was on the news. It it was horrible, and mm-hmm. my kids were affected. My husband was affected. My friends were affected. People got fired. It. I had such a burden on me. I it was mm. it was so heavy. That I really went into a deep depression, and I need people to understand because I don't want people to get the impression that oh I just lived and everything was no. I understand if anybody under the sound of my voice is going through something and you just feel like I don't know if I can do it. That, that's a that's a that's a natural feeling and you know the, that's kind of part of the process. You you sure. go through that. Yeah, and, and I I was ready to go. But then I realized, I, you know, I had children. I didn't want to leave my babies. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I can't leave my babies. And so I right. had to figure this. I was like, I have to figure this out. I, I have to work this out. I I can't leave my kids. And mm-hmm. so I just began on this whole course of, like I said, real digging deep. And uh, that's what we have to do. I had to dig deep. There were days when I would look in the mirror and just tell myself off, <laughs> you know, stupid, <laughs> idiot, I'm good, you, you know, all those things, right? And um, because I, I mean, reality is, I was an intelligent woman, and I, you know, I had accomplished a lot up until that point. And so, how can somebody that has accomplished all these things be so stupid at some point in their life? It happens, though. We see it every day. But mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I had to ask myself those. Questions and then try to Figure it out and like I did I did that through therapy I did that through reading self-help books I did that through a lot of prayer A lot of scripture reading I did it through uh, Like I said to you Just going back in my family And so once I began to come out of The guilt, the hurt The shame uh, I I was on a course of purpose There had to be a purpose all of this, there has to be. This cannot be. First of all, my legacy, and this can't be it for me. Mm. And uh, so I, I started. Um, my first thing was I already had the uh, law degree, and, and so I said, "Well, you know what? I, I want to, because I'm a very spiritual person. I am an ordained minister, and I wanted to know as much as I could about theological aspects and where God was in, in our failures." You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we know where God is in our joys, but where was He in our failures? And Absolutely. And so I decided to go. And to go. find out He
3: wasn't in a, He wasn't in a different place,
1: right?
0: Exactly, <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. And so I went to seminary, and uh, I uh, went worked on my Master's of Divinity, and that was during the right in the throes of the situation, both going back and forth to court, but it was just a place I needed to be. And uh, I graduated from a Cum Laude. I was the president, first Black president of the class. I was all of this, doing all of this time. And so God was mm. showing me right then that He still—I felt like that He still remembered me. You know, mm. maybe I had messed up at some point, but He still remembered me. And uh, so I did that. And then uh, mm. when I went in for the incarceration period, I realized it all came together because I was praying, of course not for him not to for me not to have to go but mm-hmm. uh, but then when i went and then i got in there and i saw all these women who were enablers <laughs> and who had mm-hmm. been enabled and who needed help just needed somebody to listen to them because they had nobody that cared about them you know a lot of them came from terrible situations in their lives i it all came together for me i i knew that my purpose was at that particular time in that time was to be there as a source of inspiration For the the ladies Some of them couldn't read Some of them couldn't write You know So all of those things went on So while I was there I didn't spend time uh, pouting Or being feeling bad Or wondering when I was getting out I spent time ministering to the ladies That was purpose for me I had a purpose Every time I woke up in that place I knew that that day was going to be spent Trying to help somebody else In, in, you know, in their life journey And uh Yes.
3: Uh-huh. Can, can I just intervene right there because this is really, really such a critical point that you're making right now. Mm-hmm. That that whole aspect of, of of purpose, that what you were going through, and and you know the and there's no way I think to really do this full justice without the complete disclosure of recognizing the fact that. Uh, the, the spiritual base was the foundation of everything that you did. There's a lot of information every, you got right, <laughs> but with, without day. that spiritual base, right? And part of that spiritual base, right, Jeremiah one five, that before you were formed in your mother's womb, that that that's you were known, and so where you didn't know that you had prison ministry that was supposed to be part of your process, right? That's <laughs> but, it. That's right. But God knew right. That.
1: God knew <laughs> it. Isn't that
3: amazing?
1: Mm-hmm. That how He knows, and who would have thought? Now I. See, see. Now I have these eyes that I look at everything. Just what you just said, we wouldn't be on this phone right now, but for this conversation. You understand how he works?
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's
1: amazing. He's amazing, mm-hmm. and I. But, 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 but in the midst of it, you know, unless you really surrender yourself to that, you're not mm-hmm. gonna, you're not gonna get it. And so mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I surrendered myself to his will for what was in store for me. Because he, I always heard in my, in my, in the, there was always something in my spirit that said, God was saying, just stand back, just stand back and mm-hmm. see my salvation. The battle really isn't yours. Second Chronicles is not yours. It, it, it just mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. And so he's brought me through. So now when I look back at, okay, that was going on while I was in there. So you asked me about purpose, and mm-hmm. and, and people under the sound of our voice. Purpose is so important. It gives you a reason to wake up every morning mm. if you have purpose, right. every morning, uh, no matter what your financial situation is, no matter how you, if you just, if you have purpose, you, so I woke up every morning in uh, those places with purpose. People how do you right. wake up in jail with purpose? Because I knew why I was there and what God had destined me to do for other people's lives. It wasn't about me. It was about mm. what I could do for that picture, for such a time as this for those people for those young mm. ladies. I'm want to call them people, mm. my they were my sisters. And um and so then I came back and okay, so you come back and you're ostracized, people people, you know, you now you have this, this cloud, this thorn in your side and people some people they don't receive it. Oh she's been away, oh she so I had to deal with that. Right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I did. I, I God said keep your head up. keep your head up. Don't put your head down, and so i just I just walked with my head up and didn't try to figure out okay now what what's my next thing you need me to do lord and um so that was I went for my doctorate of ministry because he had placed me in ministry, and then I was in the leadership position, and honestly, I was a little paranoid because i I felt like I failed as a leader in the you know, in that secular position. So now you're gonna make me a leader again, God, as a pastor. I'm I'm not ready I'm, I don't I don't wanna mess up again. Well, I I got a full scholarship, didn't even ask for it. Somebody called me and said you can go to get your doctorate for free. <laughs> Just call, well, okay, you. okay. And that was nobody but the Lord. What? Mm-hmm. And, you. <laughs> yeah. And so I went and and I got my doctorate in leadership. You know, leading with ministry My dissertation is on leading with ministry in mind How we do that How do we lead and be of service Uh, And if I had thought about it You know, you can never go with the is But, you know, but I'm just saying this for the If I had thought about that prior And thought I was whatever I was doing Even in the secular world That it was service attached to it Maybe that wouldn't have, you know The way things turned out wouldn't have turned out the way he did, but I'm so glad. Like I said, I, have no, I take nothing from my journey. That now my the blinders are off, and I understand that they what that was. So purpose was for me to understand that, so that I could be another leader. And then I started my my journey. I, I too am a motivational speaker, inspirational, and my little theme is: if you find your purpose, you find your joy. So my, my business is called Joyful Living for Women. And so I say if you find your purpose, you find your joy. How do you, so, so, so you know, you wake up and you don't think you have one, you got to start looking at what your gifts are, you know, shaking off all of that negative thinking, thinking about mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. you know, that sap, self-sabotage. you you got to remove that. And uh, it takes time. And I don't say it's easy. You know, some people are at different stages in trying to release those negatives that attach to them. And then you just move forward. So now, today, my purpose is just uh, trying to help people uh, navigate, you know, their lives. And so that's why I wrote the book. And it's not just about codependency. It's about the 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 last part because I talk about resolutions too. And I just don't talk about failures, I talk about resolutions in the last uh, chapter. Eleven is the upside to failure, and that's really my motivational piece. The upside there's an upside when you fail. Mm-hmm. You just
0: mm-hmm. gotta
1: know it. You gotta know it. And John Maxwell too is one of my mentors. I I mm-hmm. actually quote him in the book. So yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, there there's so many sometimes just single words and, and phrases that really become the spark to so many other things that, that are part of your story and the, the dynamic of, uh, you know, my company is called True Destiny Communications because I believe that most people are living a false destiny based on what their circumstances say, or what someone else has said to them, and it's not until they discover their purpose, who they are, the, the, the why behind the, what, as as and calls it, that they're able then to, to live fulfilled lives and recognizing yeah. that that purpose takes you through stuff because you can't become without going through a process. And oftentimes that process is going to be, is going to be, is going to be failure. But, um, and you also said that, uh, um, the people not knowing what their purpose is, what they have a purpose or not. And the reality is if you wake up each day, that lets you know your purpose is not done, right? there, There is something left for you to do, just the fact that you're here, right? And that you've it. got to do where That's you right. are. And, and I think you would agree wholeheartedly that how, how how much have you found that what you've gone through was not for you but for someone else? Mm, you, that,
1: you just,
3: hmm I'm listening.
0: Go ahead. No, oh, I was
1: gonna say, Steve, you <laughs> hit it. You hit it right on the nose. That's why I had a I had a shout in my spirit. <laughs> you, you, mm-hmm. you you hit it right on the nose. It was all uh, not about me. I had to sit down and just take a breath. When mm-hmm. I realized it was not this what I was going through. See, I had to get off of me. Mm-hmm. See, when mm-hmm. you stay on you, that's when all of that guilt, self doubt, you know, all of this stuff you know, right. feeling the lack of confidence, that sticks on you like glue. But once you realize that, oh, okay, all right, okay, it happened, but now I'm using this. My mess can be a message
0: Absolutely. for somebody
1: else's life. That's mm-hmm. when I felt the, like a great weight lifted off of me. You mm-hmm. know, when I, that's when that weight was lifted, when I realized, like I said to you, uh when i went in and i saw those my little cheese doodles that's what i call them in my book cuz you know we had to wear orange right. i i was like okay this is about my little cheese doodles they need mm-hmm. help mhm mm-hmm. i'm telling you so yeah that's just it. exactly what you said
3: yeah you know and and it's and to me it's no surprise that you would find yourself now in a position of a leadership because part of what has become your platform is uh, what you've, you've gone, your credibility has increased by virtue of how you've, how you've turned that around, what you've utilized to leverage towards that, that next level. I mean, what leader do we want to follow that's never had any experiences like us, right? I mean, even though Jesus was perfect, we do. He, he experienced things that we've experienced. He overcame it in a mm. different way what do you experience what do you experience so that's what, that's what creates that, that connection that resonance with people and now yeah, in leadership and services, i'm sure if you you know you're student leadership right now that that those two are intertwined you cannot lead if you're not willing to serve and so mm-hmm. those all become part of the same the same dynamic but again your credibility is established partly through that process that you that you went through um, to qualify you as a leader, to, to not only have heard about or read about these things, but to experience it, apply the principles uh, of, of the universe that, that God has put in place to leverage you towards where you are where you are now. Um, you, you certainly could not be the person you are without that story. As much as we, and, and how often does, does God use things that way, right? The thing that we would despise and we would push to the side that we don't want to go through. That that's the thing that we need to be able to become uh, the success. It's a good thing God gives us time a second at a time, right? Because if he told you this ahead of time, he'd like, no, nah, let me choose another another route. Isn't that, that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing?
0: Isn't that amazing? That is
1: so true. That I, I just love what you just said, and thank you for that, because I will say to you that if any struggle, if there's any struggle that, that it would be questioning whether people – think you're credible once you have gone through something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your credibility, and mm-hmm. reputation. So there, so, so you question it, and I know I'll, honestly at first I did. I don't do it now because sure. I know how I mm-hmm. live. But mm-hmm, for anybody mm-hmm. that might be listening to us today, just know that that, that really is a normal process to, the, to question. But just what Steve just said, really the credibility is boosted because mm-hmm. people look now and say, girl, you don't look like what you've been through.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes. You,
1: you yes. know, I mean, so and I've got its true testimony. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a true testimony and so so the message for our audience one of them I'm sure is that you know, you you take it and you can make your message, your message and there's power in your story. Mm-hmm. There's power mm-hmm. in especially if you've been through something. I mean, I'd mm-hmm. really rather hear from somebody who's been through something and somebody who hasn't.
2: I, Absolutely. You know, now, I now how he question, made it over. Yeah, the question that I wanted to ask you was do you think that God rescued you from yourself by putting you through all of this so that you could be able to save others?
1: Good question. And and I and, and yeah, I, I do think in some in some respects he saved me from, and I always say it, he saved me from myself. I do. I say he saved me. He And that's what he does for us. And that's why we have to love him. You know, his grace and his mercy are just, I mean, we can't, it's imaginable that he would do that for me. People are like, but you want to, get, yeah, but look what he, does, he did for me. I'm just, if it had not been for everything that I've been through, then the good qualities about me would not have raised up from the ashes. Mm, that's that's good stuff. And I can't do anything but thank God for that, right?
0: Absolutely. True. Absolutely. So true. Yes. Okay.
2: Now, when you're talking to others, like our listeners, for example, they need to understand that there's a natural progression to getting to where you are, that they do have to sit down and they have to analyze what got them there, and they also have to go through the why did I let myself go through all of this before they could get to the point where they say, okay, I'm
1: in it, I've done it, now let me live as opposed to die and wallow in it. Absolutely true. And in the book, uh, Breaking Codependency, what I did, I didn't just want it to be a bad, and is why it took me so long, too, because I kept going to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I knew he didn't want another book about somebody who'd been in prison talking about, oh, I'm changed. Mm -mm.
0: (laughs) Because you have too many
1: of them, and then most of them haven't changed a bit. And so I I knew that wasn't it because I kept getting stuck and then finally he was like no I need you to do a self reflective book I need you to to talk to people from a place that that they can re- that some people not everybody but some people may be able to relate to a place where they might be hurting and so that's where the book came from and so at the end of each chapter I put questions this is what you just said, Ariella, I have very, it's, they're called uh, reflection exercises. So after each chapter, it's a, you just, there may be three or four questions for you to reflect on to see if you see any of that in you. You know, and uh, so it is, you're right, you have to take it, it's a process. I might sound like I have it all together now, but it, it took time for me to get to those steps, you know, to get from 1A to wherever I am now. And I'm still moving forward, you know. There's still things that I'm uncovering and learning and, you know, trying to get right. I think that just evolves for us. Learning should be always evolving. If everybody thinks they know it all, then what? I guess they're Jesus, right? I don't know.
3: You <laughs> <laughs> realize you don't know anything, you know you could probably attest to you, one of my mentors has has got uh four also four degrees and he said when he was going across the stage the third time he realized why they call it a degree he said and now I have a degree of the knowledge that exists in that field and and so the key is we have to continually be in that place of of learning um we're going to as long as we're living we need to continue to be learning and then looking to apply that learning to Move ourselves and and others forward. You you mentioned earlier on about disclosure, and I think that's even in your in your bio that word because the the human tendency going through things like that is to do the complete opposite, isn't? Is it? to hide, right? I mean, we yeah. go back to the Adamic nature. We want to hide, but really the power in it is disclosing, is revealing, is is um, being open with regard to what has taken place, to acknowledge it, um, share it, learn from it, and then. Um, be able to to assist others through through their journey. So uh, if, if they were like, and, and I know it's, it's kind of difficult to do, given that you've experienced so much and, and there's still so much left to do, but putting this thing in bite-size um, and, and actionable steps, is there some way you might be able to encapsulate that for those that are listening in if they find themselves in a codependent um, enabling situation right now? What are you know several steps? The first several steps that they need to engage to be able to turn that situation around. What mm-hmm. would your recommendation be?
1: So, so, so the part two of the book is, talks about those just exactly that resolutions, and I just go through a series. First, there's an awakening, and I and mm-hmm. I say you know because anybody can hide, but mm-hmm. facing up to those things and working through them that's really what makes you strong, and so you have to you have to get yourself to that awakening. How you do that is what we talked about in terms of I started journaling. I started just writing right. things down, you know, about journaling. is just so cathartic. And, uh, you know, we may not want to write down the good and the bad, but it's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's better for you to say what you don't like about you than somebody else. And so, <laughs> you, so I would say start writing uh, things down, journaling about your characteristics. Your strengths and your weaknesses Don't be afraid to, to share your weaknesses And then I would say to you Look at the people around you Look at the people around you I asked those three questions in the beginning of the book Look at the people around you Is anybody draining you what, Are people pulling you down or lifting you up So you have to be aware of your environment And in your space That would be another Very important factor Now let me say I start the family chapter off you you can choose your family, you can't you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. But that doesn't have to be a negative. Because let me just say this: I love my sister, and I'm happy to call her sister. I love my mother, my brother, I love them all, and I don't even blame them for my behavior. You know, I could have handled the situation differently on how I interacted, and so sure. I'm not telling anybody to turn their back on their families. I don't think you should do that. I'm very close to my family. I just think that you, how you respond to certain things, it, that's what you have to start thinking about. So that's the third thing, how, how you respond. I think you have to look at uh, whose responsibility is it in, peop- in, in <laughs> the relationships that you deal with. Whose respons- is it my responsibility in this relationship to make sure this person has food, cab, money, all of this? Stuff? Or is it their responsibility or are we interdependent? That's another important word. Are we together, right? But we have we maintain our own independence as well. That's called interdependence. So right. we we can be together, but we also have our own independence. So I I think we have to do that. I mean, there's just so so much. Uh, we have to understand the distinction between de- detaching, detaching from others, and self detachment, which I have in the book as well. Now. Uh, most people associate codependency enabling and a resolution with detachment, meaning removing yourself from the people that you are, are enabling. But I say, and I, my thought was after I looked at my own situation, first I had to self-detach. Meaning I had to do the inside work. There was a, it was an inside job. There were some <laughs> things about my personality that I had to kind of figure out how I was either going to tweak or let go of some of the behaviors. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the, those are some of the those are some of the things, and then you got to fall in love with yourself all over again. You uh-huh. you can't you 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 can't uh, you know you got to learn to love you instead of loving the idea of other people loving you. People pleasers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: what happens sometimes. We 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 get so wrapped up in pleasing everybody else that we don't we're inclined to love them and forget about ourselves. So I'm right. saying to you, it's okay to love you and then the last thing i'll say cuz you're right is a whole lot and i want you to read the book
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no is a complete sentence no is a complete sentence just say no you can you don't be afraid to say no when when you you have to say no but when you need to say no to other people don't be afraid to do it and so all of that is somewhere in the book <laughs> and uh well I-
3: I got to tell you, Dr. Leslie, you know, clearly, once again, there's a whole lot, but you know, the law of recency and primacy, right? So, the the last thing you said, no, is a complete sentence. I'm going to give you credit, but I'm going to put that on my Facebook page when we get off this.
1: (laughs) 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 No, is
0: a complete sentence. Dr. Leslie. (laughs) And that's okay with me. Uh, that
1: well, has that really been my do. pleasure. Yes, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. We gotta get a, we need a side conversation, the three of us. I can see us Love doing it. some together.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, how can people find the book? Where can they find
1: it? So the book is on Amazon.com, uh, and we're right now in first position. Thank you, Lord. So uh, I'm, I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it. You can go to Amazon.com, Breaking Code dependency. How to Navigate the Traps to Sabotage Your Life. We will be out in Kindle in about two weeks. We'll be up on the Kindle. Uh, you'll see that. Uh, but right now you can get the paperback. And uh, then we'll be out on Barnes & Noble. Uh, all of that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. But right now, Amazon.com. And mm-hmm. we'd love for you to go there and uh, purchase the book. And leave a review or leave a comment. I, I really appreciate comments. Uh, you know,
2: also... Uh, do you have a website where people can go and, and learn more about you? Yeah. My
1: website, which we're, we're doing over some branding issues, but it's lesliedevereaux.com. So we are there, lesliedevereaux.com. And uh, my Facebook page is uh, Leslie Devereaux. Uh, Leslie okay. Devereaux. So I'm on all social media Twitter, Leslie Devereaux. And my name is, uh, I know, spelled a little differently. It's L E S L Y D as in David E. V e r e a u x, and it's a long name, but that's uh, where you can find me. And I let me just say, I'm just uh, this was great. I I really enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the questions. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Oh, it is our pleasure to have you. It has been indeed a pleasure to have Steve join us as well, because he just brings such introspection and deep insight. You know. In addition to that book. Thank you, Aurelia. <laughs> Thanks
3: for bringing me in. But appreciate it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, you do. And, I, and I'll be getting the book.
2: <laughs> and
1: you. I would like to find you too, as well. Uh, you know, I would like to um,
2: stay connected with both of you, actually. Okay, so yeah, um, Sure. Give me Give me a few minutes to, um, you know, to close out the show, and um, we can chat for a couple of a couple of seconds. Okay. 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 okay so everyone that was dr leslie devereaux and steve duncanson and they've given us some really really good lessons that we can kind of take and use when we're encountering i guess you could say situations that may be serious uh, enough for us to step back and understand that this is this needs to stop whatever it is that we're doing right now that's not letting us live the life we're supposed to live, be happy, and feel complete within ourselves. We really need to stop, step back, and look at where it's going. Now, the book is titled Breaking Codependency How to Navigate the Traps That Sabotage Your Life. And it's something that you really should get. You should check it out because there are so many different lessons and exercises in the book that will help you just remember your day to day. Living, and that's what it's all about. And with that note, I would like to say to you when you think you're in the middle of something that's hard, horrifying, traumatic, horrific, just ridiculously crazy from your perspective, know that that's God. That's God. He's doing something for you, to you, with you. So please relax, enjoy the moment. Once again, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for your time. And to all my listeners, thank you for your continued support. Be well. Take care of yourself. God bless. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.